What's up, guys? It's Hard Rock Nick, one of the richest men in the world, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, the show you're too scared to tell your girlfriend that you watch. Quit your crying, put on your big boy panties, and let's get this show on the road. P.S. Beavis is my baby daddy. Hard Rock Nick the fuck out. What the hell is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Austin with FTM Alerts, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, episode number 38. With me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Crypto Clay, $24. Beavis will be here in a minute. He's taking a shit, so he'll be here in a minute. <laughs> and Double Sharp is at a uh, like super hippie music festival right now, probably doing some stuff we can't even talk about on the air. And uh, so he can't make it because he has no internet, probably hasn't showered in days. Like I totally picture Double Sharp going to those festivals though. Like like he definitely like strikes me as a dude that would definitely get into the hippie drum circle crowd, you know? So I'm into it, man. I'm into it. I'm gonna say I'm right there with him, bro. I, <laughs> I, I love that stuff. Hey, y'all awesome. do me a favor, like and subscribe. Joe Papas, thank you, bro. You reminded me. Like and subscribe, JW, you too, man. Uh we gotta do away with uh with hard rock Nick, I think. Like so, Clay and I were were kicking it around before the show that like we just need to get a shitload of cameos on deck and like just just rotate through those. Uh, Twenty four, you you broke your arm, dude. I know, man. Hey, how I you know. doing, man? So I was typing people. too hard, man. I was just on the computer, and then boom, just broke out of nowhere. But no, seriously, I was playing basketball. Some assholes can't hit the basketball and hit my hand, so. Dude. Man. Know, it sucks. It sucks. What's, and like, what's it like an adult life with a broken hand, bro? Like, how brutal is that? Well, let's be honest. I'm barely an adult. I'm just in the, <laughs> my apartment, <laughs> you know, enjoying myself, man. I'm, I'll, I'll survive as long as I got my feet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, did they give you like? Did you get some good drugs or like what? What's the deal? No, no, they wanted to, but uh, we got Canadian weed here, so I can. Okay, I can that's what I'm picking game. up on. I was picking up on Sleepy Twenty Four over there doing something, man. I figured there was something was going on, man. Something Yo, was going I'm, I'm, on. I'm testing something new today. Every time we change the topic, I'm writing down the time at the top, so I ain't got to go back to YouTube and rewatch the whole show just to put in the timestamps, bro. Like, God damn it. You're genius. a fucking really, you're a legend, really Clay. Thinking. Speaking of being really a legend, thinking. man, let's get into some topics here. So, all right, we Bebus will be here momentarily. I guess he's doing his thing. He's probably coming up with really good DeFi ideas though, while he's on the toilet. So, <laughs> the uh, the Bitcoin fear and greed. Now it's at twelve, but it got down to eight, and we had not seen it down as low as eight since uh, the March twenty twenty crash. And so, Crypto Clay has put together uh, a lovely 
montage of tweets. You want me to turn your screen on, bro? We can go at it. I, I have I to it. turn the chat off uh, for this because it's going to overlay, but I'll turn the chat back on as soon as so, he's done. So so here's what I want to do. So let's not give our, like, I want to do a prediction at the end of how low do you think the fear and greed index will go? And and we'll see, you know, over under, who's the closest? We'll, and we'll, you know, somebody will get kicked in the nuts for being wrong. But uh, <laughs> keeping in mind that the lowest ever happened was when we had the semi-capitulation down to 25 at eight. So just keep that in mind. Eight. Uh, but so what we're going to do, we're just going to look at a few different kind of bull and bear cases of what people have been putting out. Uh, and obviously there's a ton of um, kind of opinions on both sides, but, but let's, let's uh, go ahead, Austin, you can kick it to me if you'd like. Um, and there's a few different folks that I think that we, we all kind of follow, at least I know Austin, you do. Um, and just kind of want to look at sort of what they have been saying about Bitcoin. Um, you know, we lost the, so we've been riding this channel between like 30 and, and, and 28.5 yeah. for, you know, what's seven or eight days now. Um, yeah. and I think we lost it this morning and that got eaten up on the four hour right back into the channel, uh, which was, which was good to see, uh, cause I'm holding my breath uh, every time we lose that thing, that there's going to be some capitulation event, but <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so t so like looking at TA analysts, so um, this guy has been pretty bullish and uh, and he has basically put up this out as of what, a couple of days ago, three days ago. Let me let and, me set the scene on who this guy is, though. So yeah, he's a far yeah, former uh, math professor. He owns a company called Zor Trading, XOR Trading, uh, that uh, essentially has trading algorithms and trading bots. And what he does, like he doesn't do anything in the short term. He could probably care less. But all of his charts look at what has been the pattern of Bitcoin basically since the beginning of time. So that's what we're going to look at here uh, with this particular tweet. Yep. Thanks, Austin. So yeah. So effectively, you know, where we're focused is is down here, right? So so uh, the weekly RSI downtrend and what it's done after you know going back to 2015 is really the start of when we started you know Bitcoin and, and bull runs, but effectively the fourth touch of a downtrend RSI um, on the weekly has pretty much began every bull run that we've seen. And so obviously the zoomed in version here, you see that we have had that fourth touch um, at a you know historically low RSI that really pretty much lines up well with 2020 and 2019. It was a little lower in 2015, um, but that is that has started the the next bull run. Um, and so if TA analyst is correct, then maybe we are in a good spot. There could be you know another down wick lower, but um, interesting interesting way to look at it. And I think there's you know. It, history often repeats itself. So uh, this was a, this was an interesting bull case, I think, for where we are right now. And anything you guys want to add? I can't see you. I, honestly, I'm surprised that the fear went down that low. Like uh, like you said, we've been ranging at least on Bitcoin. Obviously, alts like when shit goes down, everything gets kind of wiped out. But with BTC, it's been ranging, and like you said, it only uh, kind of broke the channel twice, and those were probably the two bearish days. So uh, it could go lower, I guess, on the on the fear and greed, but uh, I'm surprised that it even went too low. Well, well I'll tell you, what, with with this guy, like he always, I saw uh, Chewy made a comment here. Chart is way more moonboyish, and you would not believe the amount of uh, hate that this guy gets in his comments. But where he really thrives, and this is kind of like I think we chose this one because it's a real straightforward indicator with the RSI. But like he thrives in 
grabbing these really, really obscure, crazy indicators. A lot of them have to do with lining up with the uh, the S&P 500. And he goes back almost to the beginning of time with Bitcoin. And he says, okay, every time we've hit this range, the bottom has been in. Now, to, you know, on the other side of it, he's not saying that that we're going right up, right? He's saying that traditionally the bottom has been in. Like if you look back at uh, the 2018 dump, which is your, you know, your one right there in the middle, we bounced up, but like we went through eight or nine months of shit prices, right? And alts were literally flattened in that time. And if you look at the dump that happened this morning, like, did you guys see how hard alts dumped? Like, and it was across the board, Ethereum, Phantom. Uh, So the sentiment right now is, I think, you know, if Bitcoin dominance is definitely going to need to come back up uh, and yep. then retrace before we really start seeing some confidence back in the market. All right. Sorry. Uh, keep going. So let's go to the, no, we'll go to the next one. So I think we're going to get into the to the ETH BTC pair and Bitcoin dominance. I think it's important as well. But Austin, I'll kick it over to you on this one. This is another bullish uh, perspective. Um, and unfortunately, <clears throat> I exit out of who made it, but go for it. That's okay. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, what the hell is his name? Velvet? Wait, 888 Velvet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is, right there. And he's just showing an extended flat correction. So, I mean, you can see, uh, you can see the chart pattern there, right in the middle. And now, I do want to say that sometimes, now this makes sense when I look at it, but sometimes I do think some of these guys, you know, they lay these out to kind of fit the narrative uh, that they're looking for. And I, I, part of me feels like that might be the case here. Um, but. But with this one, or not with this one, but with the next one with Dave the Wave that we're going to show, um, this one I, I I think is way 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 more telling than any of the other ones. Dave the Wave is a guy who's he's the only like I don't subscribe to newsletters. I subscribe to this guy's newsletter because he is completely no bullshit, and he was calling the top up at sixty nine. He was calling for a retracement down to twenty five, and now he's calling that basically that the bottom is in. Uh, and and he has been the most like emotionless trader to date that I know of. Um, and essentially, the the retracement ba- back down to the 0.382 fib level, uh, you can see if you look at his chart. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Sometimes the 200 period SMA mo- lines up with that. Uh, I don't think it's doing that yet. But if we crab for a couple of months, it it would probably come up to meet price. Would be my my guess. Yep. Cool. So, and then the last one, so Ben Cohen, uh, into the cryptoverse, super well known. I think he just did a podcast, uh, uh, yesterday that with, um, uh, it wasn't pomp, but someone similar to pomp, but he, he has a very different perspective. And I think this is the common perspective and sentiment of the market, which is we will retest the 200 week, uh, moving average around 21 K. Um, he is pretty adamant that this is going to be the case. And that alts will continue to bleed as BTC dominance uh, continues to go up. And so it is an interesting perspective on all sides. Um, but I think I would say this is probably the prevailing sentiment of the market at this point, that we have to touch this line similar to all other corrections. Um, the one thing I would say is it's interesting to me because he was calling for an extended BTC cycle for literally the last year um, and has, compl- and has you know, since flipped that and said the extended cycle is no- now over. Um, we have invalidated that. But what if we were to continue to crab this tight range like we've seen and the 200 continues to move up and it actually doesn't reach the slowest level that we're seeing indicated here? Um, I think that is honestly a possibility. And so uh, that's just some other things to keep in mind. But this is probably the most bearish 
uh, perspective. I don't know if you would agree. Awesome. I've but. seen worse. <laughs> I've seen a lot worse <laughs> out there. But you know, like here, if you, you look at some of these, unfortunately, like really big accounts, let me put the chat back on. Um, you know, at 69K, they're calling for 120K. And then at 30K, they're calling for 9K. Like they're always just hardcore, whatever the particular sentiment is. Uh, it'll come back, Clay. People just have to start typing. Yeah. Um, whatever the particular sentiment is, uh, they just go like balls to the wall with that. Why? Because it gets engagement. Engagement. Because if we're in a bear cycle and everyone's bought into that, which means most people sell, which means what do you think most people want? They want lower prices, you know? Uh, oh. And if everyone just bought the top, what do you think everyone wants? Higher prices. So they're going to follow the accounts that give them the news that they want. You know who else does that? CNN. MSNBC, no. Fox News, they do that same <laughs> shit. They're really good counter indicators. Uh, so anyhow, Justin, bro, did you get like did you get a spa or something? Like you look fresh <laughs> as you look hell. radiant, bro. You're glowing. Really? Yeah. yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I look. I don't know. Almost too fresh. It scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Dude, you should grow a full beard, man. Like. Like the most interesting man in the world, seriously. It's uh my my shit's patchy, dude. I'm like patchy <sighs> the pirate. I mean, it's not that patchy anymore, but it's still like you know, not perfect. Yo, somebody said uh, fade the pump earlier. Um, That's honestly, not bad advice. <laughs> it's been the truth. Like every time, okay, obviously BTC ranging, it's its own dog. But for alts, there have been like some crazy like one day pumps that. I have been just shorting, at, luckily, because I wake up and I see, oh, plus 50%. I just hit the short button. Yeah. It's been quite profitable. Um, I don't recommend daily trading, like especially in this market. What do they call it? Intra, intraday traders. Intraday. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend doing that. But when you see like a, a plus 30, 40% pump on an alt while BTC still 29K, you feel free to hit the short button. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a crazy mission. trader. Or, 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 t or take some temporary profits. If you, oh, if exactly. You bought in, yeah. you bought into Phantom at, at 26 and it went up to 50, you just 2X and you just made yourself twice the money in this market. You're doing pretty good. Like yeah. I honestly, like I, I don't even think it's worth us making predictions on the fear and greed index because where is it going to go from, from 12 to 8 to 3? Like, I mean, I, we, we can if you want, but like, uh austin I, I think that so i'm sorry 24 what you just said is super on point like i think for for this kind of market you know i saw i saw cries for phantom to 80 cents like when when we were headed up towards the 50 range and and to me that's kind of it's it's, it's effectively insane because um you know some like some, one other thing i think we should probably share quickly is like if we're if we're looking at uh so this is the Ethereum Bitcoin chart. And what we see throughout all of these bear markets is, you know, eventually Bitcoin starts to pump. Ethereum loses steam and and the Ethereum Bitcoin trading pairs lose support. And we actually have seen that happen now. And, what is it, and that basically means that alts are going to bleed against Bitcoin as Bitcoin dominance continues to rise. And so to, to your point, 24, you can never trust uh you can never trust a pump of an alt when this kind of shit's going on. So like we have to respect this chart. And, uh, and if you look at others, what else Ben Cohen said, uh, this is ETH USD bottoms. And then this is ETH BTC bottom. So the fact that we saw this just lose support and possibly heading down to, to 0 0.06, it takes a while for this to play out, which means bit, uh, alts are going to bleed. 
And so, you know, it's just, it's abuse. you know, we need to be realistic about the yeah. Phantom price and every other alt and alts of alts moving forward. And Austin, I think we'd probably say we want this, if this is going to be the case, we want this to happen quickly. Cause if it's not, then it is a, <clears throat> I think, a, a bad... I think best case scenario, I mean, really best case scenario is we get to either we've hit bottom. What we don't want is we don't want a crab. Right, a crab is an unfortunate event because it really does flatten everything but Bitcoin. Uh, generally, yep. it, that's been my experience. Right, I think best case scenario is we see a hard and fast drop to whatever the bottom is going to be. A spring is put on the chart, which you know is one of those numbers or a huge wick. We've seen a couple of huge wicks on the weekly, man. So those, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a weird time though, man. You got J.P. Morgan saying that they like. Uh, digital assets more than they like real estate now. Like now, when I when I first got in, I don't know, uh, Clay, you were here in 2017, Beavis. I don't know when you got in 24. I know you weren't around 2017, but we had we had Jamie Dimon like shitting all over Bitcoin, and it sent it from like six thousand to yep. three thousand back in 2017, and and it was like a major event, you know. Uh, so now they've come full circle with which you know Chase Bank, and then you've got J.P. Morgan, which is the investment side of uh chase bank so i don't know but if they're going to be if they're going to be telling their clients look time to enter you know the digital asset market more than the real estate market that's pretty huge uh and it's also it seems to be telling for me like what the real estate market's looking like it's very i always think it's very very overheated but like here in florida it just seems to keep cranking uh cash buyers which is insane yeah it's insane so <clears throat> so that happened from J jp morgan uh, you want to talk about uh, A16Z? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, uh, yep, Anderson Horowitz crypto unit A16Z. So, on Wednesday, they raised, or they they, they said they raised $4.5 billion um, in a fund. And $1.5 is going to be allocated uh, to make seed funding investments for Web3. And $3 billion will be put towards more traditional startup investments in the crypto space. Um that's that's pretty huge, right? I mean, I think if between JP Morgan, they basically are moving away from real estate into digital assets and then 4.5 billion coming to the space. Uh, I don't know how you could possibly not be macro bullish, even if our bags are are destroyed temporarily uh, on this space in general. Um, it's not Beavis. Beavis is balling over there. He, he, he's in USDC all the time. He's the so, blue bull. Um, but that's, that's huge, right? I mean, like there's just... There's so many things that make me want to be here and make me uh, that are going to make me stay here because of what we see going on with uh, with you know just larger entities that are entering the the sector. So um, huge! I think it's huge news and it's just a really good sign overall. Dude, and the conversations, like I mean, Clay, obviously you know it because you and I are the ones having the conversations. But like the conversations that we're having right now on what to do with the FTM Alerts platform are like fucking mind blowing to me. Uh, some of the ideas that are coming forward and the contacts that we're able to make and like the support that we're getting, and you know, you guys are going to see like some cool shit come from FTM Alerts uh, over the next couple of months. And I don't want to like do a Justin Sun here, but um, we're going to be incorporating a whole lot of shit that we've never incorporated before. And I think it's going to be really, really cool. So anyhow, a lot of shit building the bear. All right. Where are we at here? Where are we at? 
So uh, we're Andre's GitHub comments catalyst for Phantom to Fifty Cents. Can, can I just put some like some like uh, some spin on this real quick? Uh, sure. Andre never Andre never left Phantom. He's never going to leave Phantom. Uh, he's he runs Phantom. Just what? Can we, yeah. can we just stop and just everyone acknowledge that that's the case and and move on with our day? Day uh, of, I heard the news that Andre never left Phantom. Day of his big announcement. <laughs> It's just like uh, I'm. Not, I, I don't want to speculate as to what it is, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I think it might just be like uh, people just buying the news and trying to to create uh, some price action, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, always exciting. Volume is always good, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of a nothing burger. I think that we are way overextended to the downside due to the on-chain liquidations. I've got to be honest. I think if we were not experiencing massive liquidations from Rouge and Harry and all of those, I don't think we would have seen uh, – now, we might have uh, eventually, but I don't think we would have shot straight down to $0.30 cents or $0.33 cents as quickly as we did. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. I do think I do think we're a little overextended to the downside. Yep, personally 100%. now whether i'll tell you i'll tell you what news media likes to talk about shit that's going to get clicks and you know what gets clicks andre gets clicks man i mean there's just no yeah. two ways about that like regardless you know that gets you, clicks. you know what else know. you know who else likes to talk about things that use clicks every other phantom fodder uh you know beat uh twitter influencer and troll that could possibly be out there that is supportive of other chains um but but i, I don't want to brush over it as if it's a it's a nothing burger because it was certainly not a nothing burger when that announcement came out that all those platforms were going to be kind of shut down and the way that whole thing went down. Mm-hmm. It was definitely not a nothing burger at that time. So I think it's quite unfair to now sit here and say, well, this is a nothing burger. But back then it was like the most devastating <laughs> news. Like it was the end of our, right. our entire chain at that time. When you hold so USDT, I, everything is a nothing burger. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, all right. So here's, so, you know what disturbed me the most about that? Oh, uh, dude, a 0.01 cent movement today. Looking good. <laughs> dude, the fact that, that the, the foundation had not been communicated to prior to, that was the part yeah. that really disturbed me. Was that holy shit? This dude just released all this, and like now he hadn't talked to the foundation about it prior. Like that just seems kind of obvious to me that you know if you don't want to like cause harm, you definitely would let people know. And then as I've learned more about Andre's involvement and how truly deep it actually is with Phantom, uh, it's even more mind blowing to me uh, that that yeah. wasn't communicated ahead of time. What what guys, I think guys, let's it. not look in the past. You know, I'm like. I'm like a woman here, you know, ex-girlfriend scorned, you know, I I want him back. However it is, I think forget the hype, forget everyone kind of like tweeting, you know, Andre's back. Look into the nitty gritty. Yes, he posted like uh, with MD about FUSD liquidations, but he's been doing some, um, some, I guess, upgrades to the SFC. I don't know if it's him, the special fee contract for Phantoms, I guess, how they handle the validator and uh, and delegations. Meaning, um, when it comes to actually at liquidating FUSD, problem is, like, only the person who staked the Phantom can, I guess, redeem his, his staked Phantom. So they're doing changes to that to directly... <laughs> I like abuse. That's the that's the joke. I I'll take as much time as he wants to come back. You'll have a home here. <laughs> I, I mean, I 
I, I agree with that whole. Like, I, I think, think that's my, really bullish. Yeah. No, that's yeah, very my, bullish on FUSD, and I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, I agree with you, twenty four. Like my my thing was, we need to put this whole thing of like up or down to bed. Like the guy is here and he's he's been here. So like these capitulation events or or just macro runs from that news, we just need to re- like let's let's make it a regular thing that he's here. Like I listened to the the podcast with Michael Kong. Um, and read it, and Michael saw, basically said he's very interested in working in phantom technology. His, his involvement may change, but he will very much uh, heavily be involved as he is to this day. So I think we can just – I just want to see the community and, and people outside the community stop putting emphasis on whether he's here or not. He's obviously here. So. Yeah, and I want to I want to just mention one thing because I know that, that the community is kind of split over, like, you know, how they feel about Andre. And I, I want to tell you that, like – I've never ever felt as though the guy ever had a bad intention. Um, I always believe, and I still believe in my heart that like Andre has always had very good intentions um, that he, that now I, I could be completely wrong, right? I'm not him and I have no evidence except for my own impressions of my communications with him, but I've never felt that he's had a bad intention. Of course, you know, we're judging ourselves on intentions and the world is judging us on our actions and those don't always line up. Uh, but, but nevertheless, I've always felt that he's been very well intended and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, he loves Phantom and Phantom is one that he would never leave. So take that for what it's worth. Cool. <clears throat> That's right. a good comment, e-, e Leon. I think him just working in the background, the foundation working on tech is, is so good overall. Um, so that's just, that's just nice to see, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, Lakarusu, everybody, like, believe me, I experienced it too, man. I am, you know, not uh, picking a side here, uh, and I understand the division in the community. Believe me, I understand the division in the community. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, uh, it is what it is. All right. Let's move on. So what the, what's up with uh, FUSD24? You were talking about this. Oh, yeah. I kind of went ahead of myself here. Well, you're all good. You're all good, man. You're, you're but, a little uh, bit high and you have a broken arm, so it's fine. FYI, <laughs> 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 I had an edible yesterday, and it's really strong here in Canada, so the next day I'm still fine. But anyways, <laughs> FUSD, um, they, we obviously saw the, the details. We saw the scream FUSD liquidated. Um but there's a little bit more that was hidden. Um, I wish Double was here today because I think he's the one who noticed. But like I said earlier, the there's a special fee contract. Um, it was created during Genesis. Like it has to do with validators and how much they're being delegated to, and just that how how staked Phantom works and everything. So they actually upgraded that contract, um, and I believe they made it so that. Um, I guess if someone is trying to liquidate SFTM, they get yeah, 48 hour edible. If they liquidate SFTM, <laughs> problem was is uh like how do you how do you get the collect uh, the stake phantom? Only the person who owns it or who staked it could. But uh, I believe they're changing it to make it so that it's easily uh, liquidatable. And and as Lakarusu said, like these are some big changes over a couple of weeks. And I think Andre's heading it. You can't you can't really tell because a lot of these uh changes they do off uh like github like we only saw the markdown by him so i th- i think it's cool i think it's great for phantom um collateralized stable coin um and i'm sure there could be some good yield out there but it's the first step of many so i think it, i think it's going to be uh great for the network yeah i mean 
Sorry, go ahead. You say something else? Well, all I was going to say is, you know, <laughs> let's case in point. Can we just look at Tron for a second? <laughs> like, I, I don't even know. Is that is that one of our topics today? Yeah. Hopefully no, not. no. I was I was going to. Okay, I was good. Let's avoid it. But but I'm going to talk about it. So we're yeah. not really going to avoid it. So uh, narratives drive crypto. Right. And we had the L1 narrative. And the L1s are going to have to figure out how they fit into whatever the new narrative is that we're about to experience. But we literally had a massive Algo stablecoin crash, destroy lives. And who turned off the chat? Clay, I did, out. bro. Just, there's a reason. There's a <laughs> I reason. don't even pay you, but I'm going to fire you. All right. Uh, <laughs> and and you look at Tron that got like now like like everybody's ready to go back to the very relationship that just abused them, right? Like we have a lot of sadists apparently in crypto. Um, that are just completely into this shit. Yeah, exactly. There it is. So like Tron's getting burnt, you know, they're they're doing USDD, which is, I mean, is it any different than UST? Is it basically just like the same shit? Yeah, I haven't really dug, dug into it. Pretty similar. And, and Tron's TVL, did you guys check that out? It's like, yeah, yeah they're now. number four That's now behind ABEX. Justin's oh son is pulling all the strings. It's three on. now, refresh. You know, He's got diplomatic immunity now, bro. The dude's yeah. the dude's gonna run it. Like, I, well, I'm yeah. assuming he has diplomatic immunity. He's the uh, what is it? The World World Trade Organization or something representative oh, to NATO? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Andre, Andre is gonna be the blue now. guy, and Justin Sun is gonna be the red guy, and eventually it's just gonna be them with all the people <laughs> beating the shit out of each other while retail like cries. <laughs> <laughs> Insane, but but, but I'll take Andre over Justin Sun. Dude, on the heels of like one of the most painful events uh, that crypto has ever seen that hurt a shit ton of people that caused – it didn't cause, but it gave a great excuse for legislators to try and legislate. Uh, and now you've got somebody who literally, from what I could tell, is copying it verbatim. Uh, to try and fill the gap, and people are flocking to it. They're flocking to it, even though we all just watched it happen, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that that kind of, it says a lot. Uh, I think it they, says a lot about crypto. I think they've added, like, well, memories are short, right? And, like, I think they've added about, like, 4.5 billion in TVL over the last, like, you know, four or five days, which is terrifying. Um, but I want to I want to ask this or spin this a different way and get you guys' perspective. So, um you know, with, with, so FUSD is coming, uh, the cap on it, I think to start is like, is like 10 million, like something absolutely tiny. Uh, but with that said, you know, from a catalyst perspective, what impact do you think FUSD could have looking at Tron, seeing that this insanity and, and potentially a sequel, like get your popcorn ready of what we just saw is picking up this kind of TVL, like if successful, if successfully decentralized and successfully implemented, um, you know, by following, by the way, the, the die model, which is proven, I think I think it depegged for a little bit in in uh, 2019, down to 95 cents. But other than that, it's proven by this basket of assets. Which, by the way, we also are now running with the basket of assets model, which is great to see because it's frightening to think just to be backed by phantom with volatility. Mm -hmm. But we're replicating this model, so seeing what Tron has done, which is a bit, you know, it's obviously a bit insane. But like, what do you think the upside is here? Knowing that we've got 10 million capped, uh, I think with 150 million max as it stands today, like what do you think this could do for Phantom? Is my question. I think the upside is narrative. I've got to, I've got to tell you, like this is one area that I, I kind of wish we had more of. Like we had it. We, 
One of us has got to pick who's handling the chat here now, Claire. (laughs) 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 You're making me dizzy. So uh, we had narrative, right? I mean, we did for better or worse. Like we had narrative from like uh, November until February of this year. And it was, you know, VENFD narrative. And then it was, you know, TVL wars. And then it was, oh my God, the outsiders are coming in narrative. And then, but long story short, it brought in a, you know, an ass ton of, is that a word? An ass ton? It brought in a, it brought in a shitload of TVL uh, to the chain. And it did put Phantom on a bunch of people's radar. But if, you know, if that lesson in history uh, is any proof of, you know, what that means, it doesn't mean much. Uh, it just means opportunistic liquidity is showing up to get what they can. And then and then they're going to roll because there's really there's not a lot of loyalty and liquidity. I've noticed uh, they yeah. go where the best yield is. And and I would go as far as to say that, like the top, you know, if 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 there was 10,000 people. Uh, the top 100 are probably providing 50% of that liquidity. Like it's coming from a very small group of deep rolling people uh, who are probably connected in some way to whatever's going on. The same way, like when we saw Geist launch, like a shit ton of liquidity came over quickly because people knew it was happening and they knew who was behind it and they had enough faith in it to put billions of dollars in it. Like that type of stuff happens in crypto. And so instead of here's what I'm trying to learn to do after five years in this industry. I'm still trying to learn to do it is to not go against what the whales are doing, but figure out what they're doing and ride it as long as they do. And then when they leave, it's probably a good time to go, you know, <laughs> like just, just try and try and ride the wave of whoever is making the waves. It would be my but, advice in that. But would you guys say that this could be bigger and more important than, than the way that we may be just marginalized it, which is, I, like in the beginning of this year, I thought we we're going to have a new narrative for this uh, sort of crypto season, which will be the stablecoin wars. This this decentralized versus centralized stablecoins. You got the fraxes, you had the USTs. I mean, damn, they nearly pulled it off. Um, you know, regardless of what you like to say about the ending, um, but that actually, like, you know, you could write threads about stablecoin wars. You really could at this point. So. Um, given that this, you know, I think will be decentralized and could go, you know, if successful to other chains, like why couldn't this be a player in that conversation if it was to go well enough to actually propel Phantom to a different place? Uh, you well, know what I want to? Oh yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say it's not just narratives, uh, like what Austin said. It's adoption too. How quickly you can get your stablecoin in places. You saw that with. Uh, Mim and Spell, how quickly they expanded everywhere. You saw that with the DEI, the the one from Deus. So it's how quick things can be. And I, I would actually turn it over to uh, Bebus or Austin, like if you guys kind of expand on that and just how. I, I would like to just of- say that the reason that UST gained massive adoption is because you bought what was considered to be a stable coin and then you put that stable coin in at an APY that was obviously very high, you know, for stable returns. That's not going to be the case with, um, F with FUSD, right? You're going to, your, your actual liquidity is going to be in a volatile asset. Uh, unless, unless you're minting it off of USDC or USDT or something of that nature. Right. And if I learned anything from the phantom developer conference, I learned this. It's very, it's very irresponsible to give, um, 
what we say on this show matters and people will take what we say on this show and run with it. And I would feel very irresponsible to give uh, FUSD a billing as some sort of savior of Phantom. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be cool. I think it'll be nice to have. Hopefully some good yield opportunities come off of it. Hopefully it comes off great. I don't think it's the narrative that we are all hoping it'll be. That's just my personal opinion. That's my conservative opinion because I don't want to be the one to, to pump a message out there and then have it you know, be not actually what happens, you know? Yeah. I, I, it's been 37 minutes. I haven't heard nearly enough Beavis. Beavis, what do you think, man? Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, a lot of people that are staking on Phantom are either already over leveraged or don't really care about uh, stable coins. Um, I'd be interested to see what they do with SFTM. Um, I think, you know, if you can unlock that liquidity, uh definitely i think you know, we can get a couple hundred million dollars um at least when retail interest picks back up uh flooding the chain but um you know it uh it it carries with it the same risks of any other DeFi development um so i'll just kind of play the wait and see game um i'd uh i'd definitely be interested in unlocking some of that liquidity i have some questions with regards to um the security of the network um, when people are able to extract value from their staked phantom. Um, but this is pretty well researched um, and I'm not, you know, working on uh, a blockchain. So I haven't read a lot of that research, um, but uh, yeah, I'm hopefully they're looking into it. Uh, I, I know they're kind of pulling the community on actually building uh, the FUSD system. Uh, to a certain extent, I think right now all the liquidations and things are them uh, working on um, restoring the health of the existing FUSD uh, debt portfolio. Um, so they're just trying to kind of rewind their mistakes so that they can start again. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I would be excited to see where development goes. I think like... Um, Definitely, like it needs to be like a really big effort by a team that isn't the foundation. Um, but uh, yeah, I know there are a lot of people working on it. Um, I've been talking to them. Um, you know, I'm interested in in helping out, and I think uh, it could be a good value add. But otherwise, it's just you know increased capital efficiency. But uh, it's at a time where. Um, there is a lot of uh, you know ways to do that elsewhere. So um, SFTM is the biggest uh, piece of the puzzle here. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I think it would probably uh, be good to. I just moved a couple of topics around on the right there, Clay. Um, mm. With with talking about FUSD, and then people asked, you know, is Eulogy going to take it over? Which Clay and I have chatted with Bo a bunch um in fact we're going to be yeah. <clears throat> meeting with him in austin because that's where he's from and uh but there's a few things that we should probably touch on because i know you know i did an ama uh a couple of them with lafayette and one of them was him you know discussing the fusd potential takeover and some things have obviously happened uh since then that i, I definitely want to bring up as a topic on here mm, one because i obviously want to talk about day uh, and two, because I've 
kind of waited to see what was going to shake out with the scream situation. Um, and now I want to have a little bit more of a candid conversation about that because I feel like there's some things that should probably be discussed uh, in that regard. So let's talk about day for a second. So what's been going on there day lost peg. Uh, and it is, it is, it is low right now. Can somebody pull up a chart and let me know what the hell it's yeah, I got you. I got okay. you. It's uh, where are we? I think at? it was it was at sixty three this morning. Let me see. Yeah, it's at sixty two. Sixty two eighteen. Yeah. So and and he, uh, they've been releasing tranches right to pull day off the market. So you take your day, you turn it in, you get a split of uh like USDC and like lock dais, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so the, actually I pulled it up because I figured we'd get here. Uh, redeem burn day uh, for some immediate USDC and a kind of interest similar to the bond system, which is also taken as a pre-sale allocation in Deus. To me, it seems like, so let me go to the, the end of the thing here. So ultimately redeeming day now gets you much more than one, uh, $1.10 value. It's $1.10 plus airdrops plus Deus potential per, potentially performs well. So it, it basically seems like whatever they're building. So V3 derivatives revenue and this permissionless lending platform, they're gonna, they're going to have some type of new um, token. It looks like that will get airdropped. So it says uh, we'll get airdrop new tokens, and that will be built out around the day's ecosystem. So, okay. So know. you know, we de- we all definitely want to see this get back on peg. And you know, he was talking about introducing a bonding system and some other things to maintain peg. That's to be seen. Um, you know, I like Lafayette. Like, I think he's a very charismatic dude. He's got some cool ideas. I do think he moves really fast. And I think he does, he, you know, he breaks stuff uh, on occasion and he breaks it in ways that like do actually affect people. Um, And that's a good segue into our next uh, topic, which is Scream. So, um, you know, I'm on the Scream multi-sig, and so I'm in the private chats of, you know, watching what's going on. And I want to kind of share with you guys what happened around the, the Scream uh, day-adding debacle from just from what I watched, right? And I didn't really get into this too deeply last week because I wanted to watch how it was going to shake out and see if, if Laffa stepped up and took care of this. But as of right now, um, a lot of guys know that you know there were there were two issues that happened uh, one was clearly fusd cap not being set correctly um and somebody minted a shitload of fusd it was hard coded to a dollar on the oracle they put it in they pulled out a bunch of phantom and they went and sold it on binance and then you know uh scream dev had to take that fusd and he basically resold it back to the foundation for pennies on the dollar repaid that debt blah 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 so for the most part, I think they've got the FUSD issue uh, solved, I think, for the most part. I don't know the exact numbers, but there's another issue there in that. So in the uh, in the screen multisig chat, um, you know, we were made aware that there was a buyout that was starting to happen. And the buyout was going to be Lafayette basically buying screen. He was going to take over the entire business. He was going to buy it. And so in the process of all of this, like a new multi-sig was set up and some other things were going on. And I remember just popping into the chat one day. Most of the chatting happens before I wake up because they're like in Europe and in that area. And I remember, you know, seeing someone from Beefy saying, well, if you do that, we've got to pull our, our TVL out. We're going to hit the panic button, basically, is the, the verbiage they used. Um, and so what actually happened was 
Lafayette asked for Day to be added onto uh, screen. And initially he said, put it in a, at an 85% LTV, which is crazy. I know that Cream Dev had you know, a lot of apprehensions around this, but it was kind of commonly understood, at least from what I've read, I don't have any proof on this, that you know Lafayette was going to leverage his day holdings and then buy out the Scream Dev, and then you know Lafayette was going to assume all risk on the platform, at least what I kind of gathered from watching this. But what ended up happening after day was added is he put a ton in there. I don't know how much, 20, 30 million, something like that. Uh, it was hard-coded to a dollar. And then he pulled out stables and used those stables to support the day peg, uh, which yeah. is... <laughs> so he didn't leverage it to buy out Scream. He leveraged it to support the day peg, which for anyone that, that extrapolates that a little bit further, if the day peg needed to be supported, then... You know, I don't want to like put intentions on anyone, but it does sound like he went into that knowing that the peg was at risk and still leveraged it. And so what what has happened is the insolvency centering around Scream right now, I would say probably 90, 95%. If now, again, this is just from what I'm reading into this, uh, is revolving around Laffa paying back his loan. He's got to pay back his debt. And once he does that, Scream is going to be okay. But until that point, uh, they're not going to be okay. And as of right now, he hasn't yet done that. And so it's, you know, I see a lot of people throwing around wild conspiracy theories and things like that. Like I watched the conversations transpire. I saw the, you know, the warnings come in and saying, hey, wait a minute, I don't feel comfortable about this. And okay, let's do it this way and blah, blah, blah. And um, so, you know, I think on the, on the one hand, the FUSD debacle is 100% on screen. They screwed that up. The decision to allow him uh, to have influence over adding day and adding a $30 million cap on day, uh, that definitely falls on Scream for, for allowing that. But now there's a large debt which falls on Lafayette, and that debt has yet to be repaid, and that's why Scream is sitting there insolvent. Now, for anyone watching Lafayette or Scream or any of you guys that are like intimately involved in this, please know that I'm just trying to relay the information as I've understood it. Uh, from from reading through the the multisig chat, um, if I've got any of it wrong, it's not intentional, and this is not an attack on anyone in particular. But I just wanted to let the community know kind of what I've understood as is actually going on there. Anyone have any comments on that? Uh, I've now a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty good uh, summary. It is. It is literally like um, you know. Uh, Deus is getting, you know, a dollar for their for every sixty cents, a dollar worth of collateral for every sixty cents uh, worth of day, which they're able to print anyway. Uh, which is like, you know, analyzing a situation. It's hard for me to not just think the worst um, of, uh, you know, depositors, especially if the loan isn't getting paid back. Which I understand, like, you know, these are tough circumstances, but, um, you know, my brain screams social engineering whenever stuff like this happens. Um, and, you know, if you can, you know, convince the leader of, you know, a highly liquid protocol to let you take out a delta neutral hedge against a token you can mint arbitrarily, 
Um, and of course, it's not technically arbitrarily. Um, you know, I think it's maybe not as bad as I'm making it sound, but um, I definitely think uh, there needs to be some very explicit action uh, for Deus and um, if he wants to recover, you know, any sort of reputation uh, or face. Um, because right now, like looking at the events leading up to this, uh, it, it looks really, 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 really bad um, for for Lafayette. Um, but, you know, a lot of people I like think really highly of him. I'm hoping that he's just kind of slow rolling the repayment while he figures some other stuff out. Um, but at the end of the day, he's like, uh, you know, holding Scream hostage, holding all the Scream users hostage. Um and uh, it, it seems like, you know, if this wasn't the intention, why wouldn't you just, you know, remedy the situation um, right away? And it's like the thing that sucks about DeFi and FooBear is almost touching on this a little bit is like because there's no regulation or at least there aren't any like hard coded rules against being a malicious actor. Um, people just see it as, oh, the code let me do it, so I'm just going to do it. It's okay. Uh, and it's like really, really, really disheartening. Um, and maybe it's just bear market and people are, you know, watching out for themselves. I know I do that to a certain extent. Um, but this is like egregious. Uh, you know, the man has got to pay off the loan. Um, or he, his reputation is nothing, um, because it, 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 coming from, you know, a security engineer's point of view, I warned against the potential of this for months and now exactly that happened. And this is, you know, what I've been fearing, um, and the man just needs to pay off the loan. I'm not going to get too into it. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it, it smells like social engineering. Uh, it looks like social engineering. Um, we predicted it would be social engineering. And now Scream is underwater and uh, someone has a, a whole ton of cash um, that needs to get paid back. So, um, yeah, I just uh, I would I would like him to do the right thing. Um, it's like a, a real no brainer at this point. Um, just pay that shit back, uh, and, and free up all those users. Yep. Um, that should be, like that to, should be the number one priority. Yeah. I, I want to echo your sentiment. Cause I know that, you know, when we have discussions like this, it tends to percolate out into the community and sometimes get twist a little bit. And I, I just want to like clearly echo your sentiment that, or, or give my sentiment that this is all my interpretation of the of what i witnessed happen i don't want to yeah. you know i i sometimes speak to intention but speaking to intention is like making up that you know what someone else was thinking it's not a <laughs> not a very scientific method of doing things you know so like i don't know what the intention was going into it um i believe i have an idea of what uh the scream devs intention was uh because he loves that platform i know that because i've been i've known him since before they launched uh which is over a year ago and uh so i would i think best case scenario here is lafayette just pays this shit back and we say whoopsie 
that sucked. Uh, and now, okay, move on while with developing your own protocol. But right now, the way that I see it is that the Scream protocol and the Scream users are being held hostage. Uh, and they're unfortunately being held hostage at the mercy of another protocol. Um, and so it's almost like if you can't pay it back because it would hurt Deus, then Deus is surviving while killing another platform that's yeah. been existing for a year and if that is truly the case then that is a, a big 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 problem and so that's you know all i, I, I believe we call that par parasitic uh yeah. so one thing that i would like to add so to your point austin we do not know exactly what the thought process was in the beginning and and we can only infer what we think the thought process is at this current moment but um, I go back to the same thing that we have said for literally 12 episodes, which is communication. It, like the truth will set you free and being transparent with the community about what's going on is, is always the best path. And I've been curious since day lost peg, which was what, like, when was that? Like over a week, week or ago? two ago, yeah. a week or two ago, like I've been watching both discord and Twitter just to see kind of what, you know, what is, what's, what's being said, what's being messaged, how is this being handled? Um, and like we see too often in this space, I would say not that well, like there's not that much transparency or communication as to what's next. And so I just went back to look at Twitter, just to look at the main page and see what's on there. And, and the latest tweet is, is about the bonding, you know, mechanism being sort of the saving grace of this repeg mm -hmm. as of the 24th, which was two days ago. And then, you know, another tweet about, uh, burning in day and the reciprocal benefits that will come from burning day and then getting, with, it, with the ambiguous token that maybe move on or otherwise. My, my point is, if bonding is the answer, or if you have buyers lined up, like why not just come out and say that? Or if you, you know, if you plan to repay this loan, why not come out and say that? I think that like we see this way too often, and it's really it's it's like pretty brutal. Um, so <laughs> I, I agree with Fern. I think we should go on to yeah. something better. Like we, yeah, I, I agree. We've this we've, is I, this this will require like another three weeks before it's like even safe to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my so. my my deep hope is that this gets paid off. Scream gets you know released from the situation, and uh, Lafayette can continue to execute on his vision. Which, for all intents and purposes, I believe the guy is a visionary. I think he. I really like the guy personally. Um, you know, this situation Same. is not a personal judgment on anyone. Uh, it's just this is kind of what I understood to have happened. So, uh, I mean, on a final note, don't you guys like you can see their treasury? You can see how much backing per dollar they have. So they've had to pay out quite a bit for hacks and and other things. And yeah. so it's it's difficult to repay this. Like if you look at what they can do, but I'll just leave yeah. it at that. I, I think. I, they think I mean, if 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 he's like you know, uh, Daniele, you know. Um, who honestly, like Daniele, has continued building in good faith after the Sifu drama. I think if he's Daniele, we need to figure out who Sifu is, you know, um, because there's, Ooh. there's, um, you know, there's some clearly highly gray area action um, going on, and uh, the gray area is is not a place for good business um and and he seems like really well intentioned and he seems like you know yes he has good ideas and he wants to do a lot um but uh you know actions aren't totally lining up uh which which kind of sets me off which tells me like 
you know, it's a whole organization there and he's just the mouthpiece of it. So we're attributing every action to him. Um, but I would say there definitely needs to be um, some transparency in light of the amount of users that are, are directly affected by this. But uh, guys, Ro Roosh is not Sifu. Sifu is like a really good trader. So uh, Roosh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not that good of a trader. Hey, um, so to 24's point and, and whoever said, let's be positive. Like the one thing we do have to go off of here is historical uh, reactions and they, ha they have been hacked and they have, you know, figured out ways to make that good. So let's see if they pull a rabbit out of the hat a third time to actually make it good. I'll tell I'm you what. I'm literally just looking at Marin's uh, moon readings uh, to know. That's all I'm doing. Too. No, she has just been dead on. Like any shade I've like, thrown at her in the past, I apologize for her, man. She is just... Dude, I'm like, at this point, all the freaking charts and shit, I, my eyes glaze over, and then Marin Nothing. says, oh, the Mercury's going into retrograde later. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> the Red um, Witch but... rides again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, let's get into something positive, though. So, Oh, we talked about the SnapSync shit, but it, it, the gas upgrades that have happened on the network have been banging, like, and banging to the point that, you know, we used to get like major bot activity and gas would get high and it would just stay there like for a while, like 1200 transactions would be pending and it just wouldn't dip below that because it would keep going. Now we're seeing that transaction list just get eaten through real quick. And Clay, you've got some stats on that, right? I do. All I right, do. I'm going to go start start some liquid. I'll be right back. Uh, that's pretty transaction volume, Clay. Yeah, that's that's what we're that's that's what we're <laughs> uh, so let's let's set the stage here. So, uh, SnapSync released on May fourteenth, uh, as as stated by the foundation. So, um, I'm sorry, May twelfth. Uh, so we're gonna go back and look at time and say where were transactions on that day and where were they similar and what happened. So let's take Dude, a look. Ray Liotta died. What? That's sad. That's terrible. He looks really bad, though. <laughs> yeah. Probably why I died. <laughs> or related. <laughs> Sorry. That's a different type of work. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. As, that's not not as positive as SnapSync. But let's take a look at, at the twelfth of, of May, right? So one point five or one point one five million transactions. Uh, and then let's find a comparable day in Monday, the 23rd at 1.1 million transactions. So pretty darn similar. Uh, and SnapSync was released. Uh, and so let's let's see at this point, the max gas paid. Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. We got to. We got to. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm right. Yeah. So 12th of May, max gas paid 1.387 million. So. Uh, going then to the 23rd, max gas paid 45, uh, 455,000, men gas wow. paid 23. Uh, so is that so, 1559 or is that SnapSync? That is the question that probably they, they changed. I don't know how SnapSync, I don't know how SnapSync uh lowers gas. Hey, but I don't think it's crazy not my domain. Yeah, I, I think, think I think crazy. 1559 people are like finally like it, gas prices are dropping because I know a big issue with uh, how uh, Lachesis works and how gas was estimated um, is the more people that are like paying high gas prices, uh, even like arbitrarily or even like. So if someone's paying like a bunch of gas, even if a lot of it gets refunded because there isn't much volume. Um, gas prices are going to be high. 
but now people are paying less on average for gas because the rest is like the minor tip. So gas is getting estimated to be much lower. And so people are starting slowly to trust their gas estimations um, a little more. And uh, I think in general, I mean, um, it's really, I think this is like more of a behavior change than necessarily uh, snap sync. Um, It's 11.55 or 15.59. well, uh, we have, plus, you showed I, that I don't, guy I don't know. gas yeah. per block. So, no, no, we have I, I more gas per block. Like, we have yeah, all sorts yeah. of shit that so, actually change. We'll pull it back. I, that came like, with, I, I, I will. The updates. Okay, Clay, I could, sorry. I, I, could, I, couldn't even see, I couldn't even see what the hell I was doing. Did I even share my screen? Like, no, no, you guys, no, but we were listening. You were, no, listening. You were, you were talking about that. Yeah, good God. Let's go back. Saturday the 14th. 908,000 transactions, um, uh, you know, comparable day, the 22nd, Sunday, 983,000. So 14th, 22nd, coming up, popping over. Uh, uh, max gas price, 2.7 million, 24th, 378,000. Lowest was 23. Lowest was wow. 100. Look at the difference in actual, you know, gas use. <laughs> yeah, so, there was a major change. Yeah. Here. And, yeah, and transactions wow. are the same. So but now let's go over tweet, here. The tweet. Tells yeah, everything yeah, you need yeah. to know. Oh shit! The okay, gas per that, block that was raised by fifty percent. That's the slam dunk. The gas per block oh. was moved from twenty point five million to thirty one million, which means we're processing more transactions per block, which means gas will go down by that. Yeah, amount. so double's not here, but I'll, we I'll need try double. And hold his side of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the problem <laughs> was is uh, a lot of things change. Obviously, Snap Sync's good, but that's just like I think RPC is getting back in sync quicker. Um, that's good for network performance. But in terms of gas, um, we had a problem where uh, there was a lot of like gas overestimates. I know that on the SFC it was changed so that price est- or gas price estimates were directly added. So now there's penalties for overestimating. So when you overestimate, like you get less transactions in per block, right? Like you can see that there was just more gas and stuff. Um, but I think that's a part of the old evm sort of thing because on ethereum there's no penalty for overestimating gas you know it's mined in but um they did some small changes that allow more transactions in per block i can't really go into the technical part but um you can see on most of your transactions now um you're not spending that much gui like everything has been kind of brought down estimates are not too high because when you have a bunch of projects shooting out like high high gas transactions it brings everything up like like justin said like the cheesis or whatever lacus everything <laughs> up. Yeah, it the cheese, the cheese. <laughs> but it brings it all up and and it just you don't get as much transactions in per block and it becomes like a cascading thing where the yeah. next block there's people waiting and people increase gas and it just becomes a big problem but when you have everything kind of in line it, it just runs a lot smoother as you can see with Guys, uh, I've got to share charity. with you guys. So the biggest problem, I know our community hates MetaMask and their ability to estimate gas on the Phantom Network. They fucking suck at it. Guys, I've been testing out Rabby.io, R-A-B-B-Y.io. It connects everywhere that MetaMask connects. Their gas estimation is perfect. Uh, it's, it's a wallet created by the D-Bank team. 
They have uh, security checks on the contracts that you're interacting with. You can revoke token approvals from right in the wallet, like everything. Check them out. I'm not saying that they're better than MetaMask, but they estimate gas. If anyone's used Paraswap, like Paraswap has a really badass gas estimation, or so does Spooky. If you go to Spooky and you put instant, they always pull the gas perfectly. And that's pretty much how Rabby does the same thing. Uh, I love that. Dude, we should totally change it to that. Hello, Jesus. So I do want to. I want to do like just jump in with two kind of maybe. I don't know if they're corrections or not, but just clarifications. So I'm looking at the press release around SnapSync, and it says this is the second most significant network up uh, upgrade to date, and the gas per second will be increased over time to increase network throughput without affecting transaction fees, which effectively probably means without transaction fees going higher. So mm-hmm. I would actually say that based on this press release and, and not having double sharp here, that SnapSync is the reason that we're seeing these these network changes and such great performance. So just wanted to just wanted to call that out in the article. Uh, and then where I actually wanted to take this though, is everyone talks about the FEM. This is obviously just a component of, you know, the larger process that we're sort of migrating to in the longer term. Um, but what I wanted to ask you guys was like, there is a war for layer ones going on. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Right. And, and things like this are massively impactful. Like I'm actually, I'm excited for the next stress test whenever it comes to see if this holds up, right? Like we can't we can't discredit the fact that, by the way, Ethereum gas fees right now are like four bucks. So let's not like you know let's not shout at the rooftops that everything's fixed yeah. because when they go back to two hundred and fifty, what's it going to look like then, right? A true test, yeah. trust us. But like, what do you guys think? Like, like I I personally believe that in as it pertains to Phantom, if this continues to be the type of technical releases we see, it's going to be pretty damn hard to beat this network. Um, and so, what do you think? It may be, it may be pretty damn hard, but guys, like, all right, I have to talk about another network for a second. Um, The AVAX DeFi team put together a proposal to build the Bay Area Yacht Club metaverse on one of their subnets. Whether they get it or not, who gives a flying fuck? Because they got massive amounts of marketing exposure just Wait, by the putting Bay in the Area proposal. or, or actually, not Bay Area. <laughs> Board <A. laughs> I, was like, I was like, what the hell is the Bay Area? <laughs> Board A, again, you know, it was just coming off. It was rolling off the tongue so sweetly. Um, but, but like, they're they're methodical in this way, right? And the the whether the network is better on a technical level. I have no clue. I honestly have no idea. But when it comes Avalanche to, is awesome. I believe Avalanche is pretty awesome too. I've Snowball I've chatted with them really quite a bit. Cool. I like them. Uh, but but the truth is that if you are forward thinking and you get out in front of shit and you like really 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 think, how can we get new users to use our network? Like opportunities like this will come up. Like they didn't need to ask permission for the board apes to to make this proposal to them. They just went and made it. And whether it gets accepted or not, who cares? It got retweeted by everybody. And it was excellent free marketing exposure, essentially. All they had to do was put together a proposal. So like stuff like this, it doesn't really matter. Like we could have the best tech. I mean, our tech could be like, like you know, a, a hand will come out of your computer and fondle you while you use it. And it doesn't matter. Like if nobody knows that it exists or we're not doing that part of a business development to get out in front of where the users are showing up, like, does it matter? Does it, because like at this point, secure and fast and cheap is a meme because they all pretty much are. Uh, so we have to do something more than secure, fast and cheap. And if like 
I know I'm repeating myself here, but like if it's fast from one second to half a second, that's probably pretty significant from a tech standpoint, but from a user experience standpoint, does it matter? No, I don't think but, it does. But if, but if AVAX gas fees, I mean, maybe subnets will fix this, but I have been on AVAX and had a $15, like a $10, $15 gas fee yeah. when the network was super, super congested. So Could be. if it's the difference between, you know, ultimately in the end of all of this, that it's, you know, 80 cents versus 20 like it, it could make a difference i mean it makes a difference for you know but maybe that's more of a retail problem than it is an institutional problem who's like eh, i don't really care so like yeah. but but it's very much i'm i'm i mean austin you, you know i think most of the viewers know where i stand on this i've literally written about if you do not go out and talk to instagram or talk to the metaverse of facebook whatever the fuck and like try to get your NFTs onto their platforms, then you know, then obviously you're missing a massive opportunity from a, uh, a sort of a global perspective of BD. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, look, like business development and having sound BD guys and or gals, a team, um, is going to be key to the layer one adoption and who ultimately wins and succeeds. I mean, so, you could also like this space is so new, like usership is nowhere where it needs to be people are paying a lot more than they're earning especially at the like actual network level um you know uh based on like the phantom foundation's uh behavior i almost think like they're trying to wait out like a lot of this stuff um because if they like just save all their money and build and then you know suddenly they have all their incentives saved until uh their fvm research is more mature and they've they've begun applying it um and implementing some of it um then maybe that's where you you know start spending but um yeah it is it is uh you know, a very strategic game because there are like a lot of players and only so many users and people are really, really desperate um, to bring on users. And honestly, the way you do that is with interest rates and the way you, you know, keep interest rates high is uh, demand. Um, and the way you keep demand high is by uh, hemorrhaging money. <laughs> um, and and at, this, at this point, it's like, it's almost like who's willing to hemorrhage the most money. Um, and even, even like, you know, uh, some people haven't been successful hemorrhaging way more money, um, than Phantom has. So, uh, it is, you know, the biz dev game is a tricky one. And I think Avalanche is smart because they're focusing on like, okay, let's actually like build shit. Uh, they have these subnets, they, they can scale now, uh, really, really well, uh, at the EVM level. And, um, I think a willingness to like, just create mass, um, that's why Phantom was so popular is uh, because their uh, incentive program was kind of permissionless. They just gained so much mass so quickly that the gravity just brought everybody uh, onto the chain. And now you can see as like, um, you know, builders are leaving, teams are shuttering, uh, bear markets like, um, you know, in, in the thick of it, interest rates are dropping. Um, people are kind of going to whoever, again, is willing to hemorrhage the most money. And maybe it's wise to not hemorrhage money during a bear market. Um, but hemorrhaging money to build, I think that's really, really smart uh, to a certain extent. Um, and I would say, like, uh, you know, I would urge the foundation and in lieu of uh, incentives, definitely start, um, you know, 
funding proposals or backing proposals or things like that. Um, we've like we've been writing so many proposals in Byte Masons for so many networks, and um, you know got a lot of really great feedback and I think they could probably do the same thing. Um, and there are like Ethereum projects and things a lot bigger than they are. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just about willing to hemorrhage money in the right areas because, you know, all the super VC, like hyper capitalist, uh, you know, zones, that's really all you can do. Just, you know, try to get that engagement. I'm not even sure it requires a hemorrhaging. So I agree with everything you just said. I think that, you know, a slow roll in this market is a gate, you know, a potentially a good idea. We have seen a ton of chains absolutely blow through funds with not a lot of benefit to the chain itself. Um, but with that said, like at some point I want like a pulse check. Like if this, if we're giving somebody CPR, like we need to see a bit of life, like, like give me one thing to point to from a biz dev perspective. That's like, we're going after these types of partnerships just to, just to know that it's happening. Um, cause we know all day that we're building the best tech. There's no question. Um, but I'd like to see a pulse check of like, can we, you know, just, just like show us some form of that is in the strategy, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, because I have, I've yet to see anything along those lines and it's not disparaging. It's just the truth. And so I would like, I would to say, say that, oh, do you mind? we're creating the most performant tech, um, yeah. in, in all of the engagement I've been doing with other networks, it's really just a difference of philosophies and where people are building, um, you know, and it's, it's really just a UX game. So I would say Phantom is like pure performance, which, you know, that's like, okay, we're going to focus on the, the raw technicals first and then work on the abstractions and things like that later on. Um, but I, I would not underestimate where a lot of these other networks heads are at. And that is to say, like, I would say there are under, you know, 10, definitely under 10 uh, networks that are even like thinking on the foundations level in terms of like, where is blockchain going to be in the next five to 10 years? Um, but uh, I, I think that it's definitely not as true as it was two years ago. Um, people are people are finally figuring out the vision. And, and I think Andre, like the awesome thing about having him is, uh, the foundation was able to figure it out really, really early um, because he was like so in the thick of it. Um, but now, now people are starting to, to get uh, some good ideas. So definitely, I think um, now that the tech isn't just a guaranteed, you know, silver bullet, um, there, there is, a, you know, uh, a certain amount of development that can be done. Um, but if yeah, that just goes to your point. You said something really important, Justin, I want to pull back on, which is that, you know, it could be that the foundation is at a point to say, hey, it is not in our best interest to waste these limited tokens that, you know, do exist with a cap on them. So while this is all down, we're going to focus on the tech and building. And then, you know, I guess the assumption is we're going to come out swinging and hit a home run later. Right. And yeah. if, if that's the case, a press release stating that would probably have solved a shitload of issues um a whole lot yeah, of I mean, gossip around the chain now i'm not saying that it's not look they're not indebted to us to do that but yeah. if if pr is a priority which i seem to think it is based upon some of the emotional responses i've gotten like i think they do care about the pr um 
I would say that getting like, hey, all right, here's our plan. We realized this was something that was unexpected, but we believe that we're going to be in a lot better place a year from now. Uh, and we want to keep the bullets in our gun so that we can shoot them at the right time strategically later. And I think people would have read that and went, well, shit, that makes total sense. All right. We understand why it's happening now. Let's move on. You know, I mean, if I, Maybe I'm if I were Maybe I'm to be like uh, a pessimist, um, which I'm not. Uh, this is just, you know, I'm an analyst uh, and an optimist. But being an analyst, I like to look at every angle. Um, I see this scenario, which maybe isn't really bad for phantom investors, um, but I see this scenario where as like funding for native projects um, and yield both like slowly trend downward um, and maybe maybe Gitcoin will be super successful. So keep in mind, like my optimism, I think phantom is going to be around a long time. Um, and I think they have a lot of work to do on the biz dev side. And I think they have a lot of work to do on the actual, like, you know, team building side. Um, uh, but I think they're going to be around a while. And, um, you know, I've, uh, you know, heard people who've talked to Quan and Quan uh, seems very uh, smart and passionate, uh, which I think is like probably the most important thing. Um I think that's a fun. And you end up with a thousand people killing the foot everywhere on your behalf. Um, this is true. That is a fine. Uh, I, I, that's that's even more pessimistic. But um, <laughs> what I see is, as as they start as they start like spinning up hedge funds, uh, which it seems like is something going on in the background, um, and engaging with like VC investors. Um, as like all of the like grassroots projects start like bleeding out, I can see all that wide open market uh, being funded with competitors um, and Phantom, like probably owning a lot of the uh, commercial and economic throughput on the chain, um, which, you know, is massive revenue wise and was the original plan with Phantom Finance. Um, so I can see that happening. Uh, and that would probably also solve a lot of the uh, communication issues between uh, the DeFi and the consensus layers. Um, so uh, that that if they had that master plan, I think that would also probably work. Uh, unfortunately for for us, the builders, but um, that is like uh, what I see being a distinct possibility. Whether they've stumbled upon it yet or not, um, they have a ton of money, and if they come in already vested twenty percent into these projects, um, you know, yields will go back up. Uh, you know, and and users will probably uh, gravitate toward the chain. I think they just need to demonstrate uh, an ability to execute on some of that stuff. And I would be behind it. You know, I'm a bag holder. Um, I I fuck with their vision. Uh, so um, I would I would just like to see like clarity, uh, just so that like you know, <laughs> as someone who runs a company on chain, uh, I should know whether I should be like dancing around or not. Uh, like you know. That's, here's here's uh, like so instead of me just kind of arbitrarily saying oh you should you know this is the way things should be bd is important let's let's actually like look at numbers and say vc back chains versus, versus chains that are purely focused on on tech without biz dev like I, I would take this back to what are your active daily users how are you growing that that usership over time and then what are other people doing in the space that you aren't I yeah, but I'd question kind of, like, you know, do you question the numbers? 
I, I question numbers broadly. Um, you know, uh, I think like, you know, again, maybe that's just because I'm in the phantom echo chamber, which uh, is definitely true to a certain extent. Um, but if you have a motivated VC, uh, numbers can change. Any number can change, you know, market caps, usership, etc. cetera. Um, I definitely need more experience on other chains. Um, but like a lot of the, a lot of the wealth in this space is purely notional, just like all, you know, financial markets. Um, you know, I almost like that Phantom doesn't have as much purely notional, uh, money, although the liquidations kind of made me rethink that quite a bit. Uh, but, um, you know, it is like, it's like a lot of, a lot of the feedback needs to be empirical and, I would like I would like a near user that's critical of near or an avalanche user that's critical of avalanche or an optimism user that's critical of optimism um, come on here and chat with us about what they really think um, because it is going to be a multi-chain future um, like you know if if each chain is a core in the great you know financial processor of crypto uh, then you know it it's really going to just be about uh, utilizing them all and, and utilizing all their strengths. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I I will say I am I am skeptical of numbers. That was a long way to put it, but uh, uh, I, I'd like to hear them nonetheless. <laughs> let, let, I'm skeptical let's of numbers I, because I, I got them right here. I'm a believer of numbers. Let me let me frame it this way. I'm going to put it through this lens. Like if I put my business development cap on, I'm doing a competitive analysis of the entire market and I'm like leading the organization as a team and saying, what are we trying to capture? Let's, let's just see what we, let's see what we see on the Nansen side, right? So let's, let's take the big, what I would call either BC backed, well adopted or big three, right? So and we're talking just purely user adoption by numbers, because that's what you're going after. It's market share. It's getting new people onto the chain so we continue to grow. And if we want to do that organically through tech, fine. But I think there's other avenues that could be approached. So Ethereum, unique seven days, 1.82 million folks. 30 days, 5.91. Uh, let's look at Solana. So we've got 5.91 for Ethereum, 17.9 million unique 30 days for Solana, 6.58 million unique seven days. So we've got Let's 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 say none of these folks come to our our chain right now. So that's what five seventeen. That's twenty two million. Let's look at Polygon, and these are all pretty big VC backs. So two point two five million. Let's look at Binance. Nine million uniques. Three point two million seven days. So let's call it roughly twenty six million folks that are floating out there. Can you on pull up Avalanche too? Yeah, yeah. Pull. That's where I'm going next. Okay. All right. I, I believe it. I, I, I got a method of the madness. I got, I I got a plan. Sorry. Uh, yeah. All good. Uh, so so BNB, uh, Ethereum and uh, BNB, Ethereum and Solana. So let's call it 25 million folks over the last seven days. Let's say they do not use our chain at all. So that's that's our market. That's where we're. Those are the people we want. That's where we want to drive. Our biggest competitor, I would argue. No, Avalanche. not really. Not really. Look at those numbers. I would say the bigger, like you'd be surprised, but BNB, that Solana. type of stuff, the users, Solana, like the retail basic sort of guys, <clears throat> even Kronos. Like right. now, hold, hold on, we but, have but, to but, mention. Hold something. on, hold on. So let me let me at least finish my my train of thought. <sighs> okay. 
So <laughs> our biggest competitor from the fact that it's actually a DAG based blockchain and technically speaking, like these guys are probably when people think about Phantom, I think they also think about Avalanche, whether it's NFTs, yeah. whether they think about you know, whatever. You have these folks going out doing proposals with Bay Area Yacht Club, a.k.a. Board <laughs> Yacht Club to try to steal those 23 million folks to start to come to Avalanche. That is the point. And mm. that is, my opinion, the business development stuff that does end up bringing our numbers, which are half. If, if Avalanche was to steal 30% of that 25 million, that's what, like another 8 million folks? Like that is where the rubber hits the road and things change dramatically. And so that's mm. where I, that's why I go on the soapbox of biz dev is important because we're already at half of the unique 30 days and half of the unique seven days. So, you know, I, I would argue that they are, uh, they have a good <clears throat> thought process in that. And also on the avalanche side uh, comments back on, you know, when they deploy on a subnet, my assumption, and I could be wrong is that those numbers are now removed from what we just looked yeah. at uh, because yeah. they're on a different chain. So I could be incorrect there, but uh, nevertheless, really all, like like Mr. McFlunday, I think from my perspective, hit the nail in the head. Get out in front of it, release some information, say, hey guys, we pivoted, but here's why. And we believe this is best for the chain. And you've now got 10,000 mouthpieces, including myself, that are going to parrot that anytime that FUD comes up. And we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and believe it. But the lack of that leaves rumor and the lack of that makes it much more difficult. And I, you know, Clay, I'm just going to share that, you know, part of where we're going to pivot FTM alerts soon is, you know, definitely to multi-chain. And uh, we had a call with AVAX this week. We've got a call with Optimism and even IOTA next week. And I'll be reaching out to other chains as well. And I mean, on the Avalanche call was just the guys from their DeFi department. And there were six of them, right? And this is just their DeFi BD guys. Like that's a section of their BD. Like there's, there's got, they got a much more, bigger bd team like you know they're they're boots on the ground doing this thing and purpose of me bringing up the board ape yacht club proposal is obviously they probably had to pay the kid that wrote it uh or the people that wrote it i say kids because they were all kind of young um but, <laughs> but it was it was kick-ass like it was kick-ass marketing that they probably didn't have to open up the piggy bank to get and if you put a lot of brains on this to figure out slick ways of doing these things we can come up with them. Like I mean, it's yeah. available. <laughs> Look, I if think you've ever if, go ahead, uh, Clay. Uh, you go. Say, if, if you've <laughs> ever worked for some multi-billion-dollar corporation, you know that they suck every ounce of your soul for as little amount of money as they're willing as you're willing to take. So if it's eighty grand a year, they'll build a team of six people, and you'll spin out proposals like that all day long until you're blue in the face. And that is your mm -hmm. job. And you show up and that's what you do. And, and they eventually get promoted and get promoted. And it's, it's really fun. Uh, my point is it doesn't cost that much. To, <laughs> it doesn't cost that much to like get people to do this shit. It's like, it's, it's yeah. literally just business one-on-one and this is what you see and this is how you grow. And it's like, and look, this isn't a knock. Like I'm really not trying to be overly critical of anyone. I'm just trying to lay out some, some straight up facts of what we see in this ecosystem, which I think should be accepted and encouraged. Um, and that's really how you grow a business. And it's really super important. Um, and then, um, Beavis, you had something. I had something else, but I forgot. I kind of feel like when we it. have these discussions, we're kind of circle jerking a little bit. Because I, like, I know they all watch the show. And, I mean, and it really doesn't, doesn't go past that generally. You know what I mean? It's just kind of us but, like talking to the community and talking to each other. But this is and, actually backed with like 
facts and it's backed with stats, which to me is fine. Sure. The one thing I do want to say, you just dropped a bomb, Austin, that we're going to be incorporating, you know, multi-chain and all that stuff. I yeah, also sorry. want to point out all of our protocols are, are tons of our protocols are going multi-chain. Right. We are following the protocols. It is now time as you see Beethoven, Terra, and there's others that probably are not even public yet start to go into other places. We have to be able to talk about all of that as well. And so yeah. it's not, you know, anything, you know, don't want people reading between the lines without context. Literally <clears throat> right. all of these folks are going to other places. And I think it's important that we are able to cover that as well. And, and, and yeah, expand, it's not a head. And expand it's is an our expansion. show too. Yeah, Thank you. exactly. It's an expansion because we've been, we've been strictly focused in one area. And the more that we get exposure to the other areas, we start realizing, wow, there's a lot of really, really cool shit that's going on in these other areas. And we're doing almost everyone a disservice by not bringing this to them. So let's keep, hey, Beavis, just you and me, man. How you doing, buddy? What you, what you up to over Dude, there? Oh, nice. I heard you had gas this morning. You feel better? <laughs> I had a lot more than gas, my friend. <laughs> I am feeling better. Yo, I'm let's move on better. to something. One thing, though. Really I'll cool. end it ahead, off with one thing. Um, it's clear... And even if you're not paying attention that the foundation's focusing on tech, which not necessarily is a bad thing, um, but it's good for the long term. Um, in the past, we could literally sit and do nothing as like other chains self-imploded, you know, AVAX with the double print. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens, but I feel like everybody's poised to kind of make a good run at it, at least during the bear market. So that being said, like, you want to at least maintain at least the bare minimum amount of users. You don't want to lose a bunch of people flocking and trying because that's what's already happened in general. Um, when things get hot in certain areas, you know. Oh yeah, you guys are reading. The, sorry, sorry. The, yeah. The comment. Yeah. Oh my. But everyone God. else is listening to you. Keep going, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I saw that comment. That's as soon as you uh, see hey, hi, cheater Beavis, like you get our attention. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. like, uh, you give people free stuff and they just get pissed off that it wasn't free enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's you know, that's I feel the same is. way. Twenty four. I agree with you, man. I love a tech focus. Like tech should be a heavy, heavy, heavy focus, right? And and I don't think anyone could ever take that away from them that that's been like pretty successful. Like like if anyone ever doubted it, look at what just happened on the network. Like go go to a few transactions. It's dope. Yep. Like it's nice to transact on Phantom, and yeah. You know, uh, I really would love, I just would love to see more people experience it. That's all. I think my, my final point on this is like, I, I can only really go back to like personal experiences and examples of what actually happens in real life and existing, existing uh, ecosystems that we see, which like, like streaming, for instance, Netflix dominated that game. Or Netflix has dominated that game for how long? And now we see the streaming wars, which are you know absolutely raging with Disney Plus and Discovery Plus and all the things I used to work on. And at the end of the day, what ends up happening is you get all of the tech is effect effectively the same, where it works really nicely for everyone. Um, but you have winners and losers based on the content or whatever you know development they offer from a user perspective. And that's that's where I go back to is like as things mature, you've got to start looking at things beyond just what tech you're going to offer because Netflix is getting crushed right now. And it's because there's seven other players in the space offering very similar things with better content. And so, you know, that's just from a long-term vision. That's the kind of like thing you got to see and be ahead of. 
Can we just talk about a really, really wholesome project that everyone on this stream should just love to love, and that's Paint Swap, because they're so freaking cool, and like they're they are the OGs. Like they were, they launched right after Waka, I think, and I think the reason they didn't get a lot of love is because Waka was such a Waka, and uh, but anyhow, they they have created the premier NFT marketplace, and they're just like such good guys, like. I'm in a couple of chats with them and like, I know that they're very close to double sharp. Like they do a lot of things together. And uh, I love that they're going to be focusing on the thing that they're really excellent at, which is their NFT marketplace, which is awesome. So partner up with spooky swap, migrate your liquidity. Does it have an impact? I don't know that it necessarily has an impact, except it allows the paint swap guys to put their eyes on the prize, which is definitely their NFT marketplace. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Anyone, anyone? Anyone? Uh, Paint Swap is dope. Uh, they have some really solid team members. Uh, I would like, um, yeah, I would like for them to keep doing their thing. Uh, I, yeah, I think definitely. I mean, that's like you know, if I were uh, an investor, you know, if I were the investing type, uh, I would definitely try to uh, support that team um, because it is like. Uh, you know, I imagine what they, what they could have done if they had gotten developer incentives and they, yeah, that's just, but- you know, that's just what, what I will probably be talking about, uh, quite a bit. Um, and you know, I, uh, you know, I just, I just think they need to be further platformed and supported, uh, because they're like killers, um, and, uh, you know, if they have more money, uh, I think they could do some really crazy stuff because they're all really, really professional, um, which is dope. Uh, and that's like the most important thing is like making sure people are professional and experienced. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited to see what crazy stuff they pull out of their booties. Uh, it'll be oh. fun, hopefully. Uh, we're really missing Double Sharp today, aren't we, man? There are a couple of top yeah. we really could have used his expertise i hope you can see that we love him go ahead yeah. uh, <laughs> i didn't drink I enough mean, coffee to fill the gaps unfortunately <laughs> uh i mean you know it's hard it's hard to say what will the long-term impact be i mean anytime you see someone be able to like i i envision i don't i don't know the team personally but i envision that there's always probably a monkey on their back saying ah, we have a DEX, like, what are we going to do with it? Like, it takes yeah. away from your your core focus of, of core competencies and really being great. And I saw someone say, Elon said, PaintSwap UI needs a lot of work. Hope Spooky fixes it. Highly doubt that the migration to Spooky has anything to do with Spooky fixing the PaintSwap UI. But maybe the migration to Spooky means that PaintSwap will now be able to focus on their UI more intrinsically because that is their core focus of their development. And so I think that that is something that is to, to be watched. Um, Bebus, you raised a good point. And, and I'm curious to 24 and your thoughts on, and because you guys were here before I was certainly on the show, um, there hasn't been much that I've seen or, or heard of, of our protocols going to VC saying, hey, we have a really kick-ass thing, but we need a little infusion of cash. You know, if you could do that, then we can build out X, Y, and Z, and Z, and Z. And I think PaintSwap is this close to getting to that point of like, wow, like they already have a really awesome platform. It's, it's really great. And it could be even better, um, you know, 
is that if they is, did a full think... revamp of their yeah. ui ux um yeah. i think it could be uh cool but um yeah i mean it, i mean that is something that projects do like uh you know um it's just uh kind of becoming like the thing like it's been you know okay uh bear market uh you know need for cash don't want to sell tokens let's see uh let's see who's all got the cash um and it is like the thing is like phantom is so for so much further ahead than a lot of chains with honestly a lot more money um and uh like phantom has all this infrastructure all this development um and they have a lot of experienced teams who can kind of take the success they were able to give phantom and um maybe give that to someone who's willing to pay. Um, and I think paint swap, uh, definitely, um, you know, that would be a really good, uh, way for them to, to be more sustainable. And the thing is like, nobody is leaving phantom. Um, phantom is like the UX is too good. Uh, and, and it is like one of the more performant blockchains, but as far as like, will it be a primary focus, uh, as people like start looking for funding and perhaps finding it, um, I'm not sure, but paint swap, totally, totally, totally. Like if they had the bandwidth to do a total rework of their site, um, I can only imagine, uh, what that would look like. Um, because I think it would be, uh, uh, really nice. <laughs> Chewy. Phoebus <laughs> yes. prostitutes yeah. to the highest yeah. bidder. Let me just tell you guys. Um, All right. So, uh, quickly with paint swap, if they, if they have an, like you guys are talking about user experience, if they have like a, a private RPC node just to load the JPEGs, that would be probably the biggest change. And I think the foundation is making it or giving it to them. I don't know if it's in implemented yet. I think I think that would already boost the site up. Oh, give them a private RPC? Yeah, so all the JPEGs can be loaded. It's, I mean, are they that hard to spin up, though? I mean, no, can... I think I think RPCs aren't the issue anymore. Yeah, um, they they I, everything is bashed. Um, it is, it is at this point, uh, like I would, I would almost, if I were to noodle in there and take a look, like it could be like really high performance servers are freaking expensive, uh, and serving up all those images, um, is really expensive. And I don't know if they're compressing everything as well, uh, because that could, uh, I mean, I imagine they are, they're, they're professional, but, um, yeah, there's, uh, there are a lot of factors and. If someone could just give PaintSwap a million dollars, I think they could get returns on it in like mm. less than five years. Uh, but I'm also not an investor. Uh, you know, if someone it's invests in USDC, works. they could get exactly, you know, 3% if they want it, you know. So, sorry. <laughs> do, do you guys think that this migration to SpookySwap is going to help drive deeper liquidity for Brush as a token? No. I mean, not really. No, no. I, I think I just, I th you know. I think it's just a way for them to be like, okay, we're not doing exchange shit anymore, which is yeah. They Let's focus know. on one thing. They don't and do need it to really be doing well. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's that's not a source of revenue for them. That's not sustainable for them. Um, yeah, it's like uh, I think if they continue focusing, um, and uh, then they'll win because I know they're really smart, and I know they have really smart people on their team, and I know they're cool a little gangster so but you know. but if we want to talk about a team 
that it's focused on on being the premier decentralized exchange. We got to holler at the Beethoven guys who crossed over 8 billion uh, total trade volume this last week. They're going over to Optimism, launching, launching, I guess they're launching Balancer. Is that is that correct? They're launching Balancer, but they're going to own 50% of it. And part of that yeah. will flow back to Beats holders. Yeah. I know we've talked about Balancer managed here. by Beethoven. Yep. So it's like the Balancer name, it's kind of a collaboration. And Beethoven's probably going to do a lot of the maintenance. Um, it is like, uh, I mean, I think um, considering the amount of liquidity on Uni V3, um, i.e. it's very low. Um, I think there's a lot of room for balancer and considering optimism is kind of uh, retail focused with the lower gas fees and, and better UX than Ethereum. Um, I think uh, they could find a really, really nice spot on there because there's no like really, really solid competition um, until, you know, I mean, uni, uni, it's just a matter of like snapping their fingers and having a billion dollars on chain um when when and how they want it but uh i think balancer is better tech at least for retail um i would say uni v3 is more enterprise market making focused and even so uni v3 uh, has a lot of weaknesses um that that balancer doesn't have uh you know because some coins need like you know a wide liquidity spread um so i'm i am super excited about that i think they can break into that market um uh, you know, I think optimism is cool. Uh, same sort of deal as Phantom was originally. They have kind of a, a permissionless uh, incentive program. Um, weirdly enough, it's based on transaction volume, which is like, uh, you know, how are you going to make that civil resistant? They probably have something in their back pocket, though, um, because they've been really professional thus far. Um, but yeah, I mean, Beethoven and Balancer. I just want that tech to be on every chain uh, because then I'll yep. be comfortable using every chain. Um, depositing into Uni V2 now uh, almost feels like a waste of money, a waste of efficiency. <laughs> Even though all the volume is there, like Pancake Swap, Spooky Swap, uh, Uniswap V2, um, that's where people want to trade a lot of the time. But once Balancer solves some of its UX problems, uh, I think it's just a matter of time. But yeah, that's cool. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm Let's I'm, hu I'm hugely bullish on the whole thing, and and just so everyone, just to like kind of make a, a public statement. So I, I've stepped back from from kind of working with the the Beethoven team on a more full time basis uh, to focus on FTM alerts. So I think it's a little bit more fair that I'm able to comment on on what they're up to, uh, whether I'm. Uh, like it or don't since I'm no longer sort of there full time, but amazing team. Um, and I'm always super impressed. Uh, and so, you know, I think being a Ethereum layer two chain and optimism, there's going to be this natural sort of migration of folks that want to try it out that are the balancer folks. So that, that balancer base that they already have um, are probably naturally going to migrate there with a bit of loyalty. And, I, and I'm sure that our folks will as well for anybody that really likes uh, Beethoven's technology as a team. And, and to your point, people, it's like having a stable swap AMM um, and, and being, you know, launched on optimism so early, I think is just super, just a bullish overall thing for, for the Beats team uh, in general. And, and I put out a tweet yesterday saying, you know, if FBeats holders are patient and you're smart and you're looking long-term, to Austin's point, 50% of that revenue for this integration on optimism is coming back to Beethoven. 
30% of that 50% is coming back to FP's holders. So there's an additional revenue stream coming to folks that are, you know, bullish on, on FBeats. Um, I just think it's a pretty good thing overall. So congratulations to them on 8 billion transactions. That is quite the number. And uh, there's, there's one problem is optimism <laughs> has no users right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It will um, soon though. Because it's yeah. lucrative to use this. By the way, like airdrop hunters, they come in droves. Like just voting on shit, joining shit, swapping, you're gonna get like at a minimum users doing just using your stuff to maybe get, you know, some governance tokens. So uh it's not there yeah. yet, but soon I, I can see yeah. it. Because look at Yo, Ching, Ching's probably got a giant whiteboard all scribbled up, just like, oh my god, I'm gonna <laughs> game the hell out of optimism. <laughs> Let's <laughs> real quick. So before we, Clay, you've got some notes on this, right? On the the Reddit AMA that Mike did, because I I, I retweeted a, a Twitter thread that Mike came in and corrected later that some of the information was incorrect. Um, but there were a few things that he said that really stuck out to me uh, that I was hoping you might have some notes that you might be able to flow through. I got, I got a little bit. I, don't, I didn't take too, too many, but uh, yeah. So basically, I mean, they talked about decentralization and I thought it was an interesting point. I'm actually, I was curious to hear your, your, you guys' feedback on this, but uh, Mike said that he felt that two to 300, um, validator nodes would be sufficient for decentralization of phantom because of the economics behind, you know, if you try to game the system, it's not economically efficient to do so. Whereas like, I know, you know, people like AVAX are out in market saying we've got 1200 validators. We're going to have thousands. Like we're the, the decentralized answer. So um, Mike said that two, 300 was, was probably a, a good spot for phantom <coughs> to be de effectively decentralized. Um, and that the was only thing that matters is voting great. power. Voting power is what matters. And right now, a few validators have the most voting power. And so until that gets dispersed and companies like Stater help that, uh, you know, liquid staking options help that because they they send them out to a curated list. Like we could have 10,000 validator nodes, but if, if you have three or four that collectively hold 40 to 50% of the voting power on the network, meaning they have that much in delegations, it's still pretty centralized. Now, on the other side of that, uh, my experience has been that uh, users don't seem to give a shit, uh, as referenced by the Binance Smart Chain experiment, right? Nobody cared. There's 21 nodes or something like that, all owned by Binance, and that's pretty much what it is. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I think over time, if we're going to be a network that will continue with or without any key component of it, we've obviously, we obviously have to move in that direction, though. You know, so I hope yeah. that we do. That just takes time, um, and they're going the right direction, which is uh, yeah. good. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, you know, two to three hundred. Not totally sure about that. I think that depends heavily on where the nodes are hosted, um, who controls them, uh, all that, all that jazz. And um, I hope they're taking into account, uh, you know. In terms of economic feasibility, um, if you're able to, for example, uh, push through some economic action that can partially subsidize the attack, and you're also heavily invested uh, in a competing blockchain, especially down the line, um, 
the question is, will that be uh, enough? And I think like the goalposts will constantly be moving. Um, so uh, definitely I would, a bank's ledger is, uh, they probably have it backed up somewhere. And like, <laughs> I wouldn't call it decentralized. And here's the other thing though, if, if like 80% of our nodes are AWS based nodes, you know, and they're all like run out of, one of four data centers or something like that. Like, I mean, you know, is, is that to your point, Justin, that like, cause I know Laffa is like releasing 50 or something funded by, by Rouge, like a, a shit ton of validator, which is great. And numbers on a screen go up, look better, but like, is it, is it do, is it decentralizing us in the actual sense of the word? Uh, I mean, I, I think in a lot of cases, no, I think like maybe to a certain extent, um, you know, the thing that AVAX and Ethereum get right are like trying as hard as they can to socialize validation, um, just trying to like spread it out among people, independent companies, whatever. And proof of work is good at that because if you have, you know, a video card and of course, like hashing power and all that is getting centralized in some places. I don't have like nuanced opinions about that. Um, but I would say like, definitely like you need to analyze like where all these nodes uh, are coming from, where they're hosted, uh, you know, the spread of staking between all of them, um, how leveraged they are with SFTM possibly and FUSD. Um, and uh, who your adversaries are. Um, and in this place space, like a bank's ledger is nice because it is totally centralized and therefore security becomes like, you know, an input output problem. Um, whereas for a trustless permissionless system, it gets way more complex because validators can willfully act uh, in a malicious fashion um, and they're allowed to do so. Uh, so, um, I think definitely like governance is going to be uh, really, really huge. And to Crypto AS's point in the in the comments, like we need to get people participating in governance, and we need to be govern. We need yeah. governance to be like on people's minds. Front and right center. now, there's really not like there's like there's not a focal point for phantom users. They're not there. I mean, there's really not a like there's no website every phantom user goes on. You know. There's a, not a website that every phantom user is familiar with. Um, F Wallet, like uh, efforts there have are almost like you know not even worth pursuing anymore. Um, so I would say like a nice, super performant, lightweight governance client that isn't buried in the F Wallet, where you can just go on like you know phantom.gov. I mean, that they probably can't get something like that. But um, <laughs> if, if you could go on like a really nice, catchy uh, website and boom, right in your face, connect wallet, one click, you're good to go. Um, I think that would go miles because right now people have to dig through the F wallet. The UX is really poor. The UI is, uh, you know, not great. Uh, so, you know, um, there's a lot we, of work that can be done. And I we think need a protocol that we can all just kind of anchor to uh, where, you know, everyone could go 
I don't know, earn 20% APY on <laughs> algorithmic. I, was gonna, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> you know, you and then there. everyone would fucking go there and then we would probably get some governance shit going. But, but, <laughs> I, but here, I, here's the thing though, to vote on yeah. governance, you must have your phantom staked with a validator. Yeah. And to that point, it is not necessarily the most profitable move. If you are proficient in DeFi uh, my nipples aren't getting hard over 12% APY. Now, places like Stater fix that, but with Stater, oh, for it Phantom, does, though, it's centralized Phantom voting control. Like 5% or less. Phantom rates are at 5% or less. No, no, if you lock of... for a year, they're at 12. It's, yeah, it's so... dependent no, on how I mean, long you I mean, outside of, outside of staking. Like, staking right now probably has better rates than DeFi broadly. Maybe maybe I'm an idiot. No, no, uh, you're right. It's, it's low... I don't want to get diluted like here. Rate. I there's, mean, uh, there's certain places, uh, Beethoven, that are doing like really, dude, really if you, high if percentage. Dude, if you if you get in the Phantom Stater pool on Liquid Driver or Beethoven, you're gonna get oh well, that's well, that's not okay. okay Single sided Phantom. But, but I mean, that's you can redeem <laughs> that SFTMX for for Phantom. You just have to wait the seven days. So like to me, that's a pretty decent single sided option yeah. there. What about yeah. Phantom of the Opera here? Fifty percent, but seventy percent Phantom, thirty percent USDC. I'm about to get diluted, but <laughs> I think that's pretty good. <laughs> that, is, that is a pretty good one. I mean, you know, if you go on uh, Phantom Dot Gay, uh, you know, probably Wait, what? is that a site? What? Who made that? Is that one of yours? <laughs> no? Is it FTM? Uh, yeah, I just, I'm I just don't know, dude. I'm not gonna, dude. I'm gonna get trouble. I actually went to the site. And it uh -oh. redirects to uh, <laughs> probably popped up your Reaper metaphor farm slash zero. No, it's actually real. Oh. It redirects to Reaper Farm. <laughs> I just I just have uh, a bunch of uh, phantom domains. <laughs> liquid liquid staking totally centralizes governance. But you know, Double Sharp was working on a liquid staking solution that you retained governance voting rights, which I guess he stopped working on uh, due to I think the switch in the SFC that's coming would have rendered it kind of useless. I might be speaking out of my ass there. I'm not really sure, but it, it, it does in some ways centralize governance because like i think staters with Stater five gets all the votes right now yeah yeah they get all the votes yeah uh, so i i got three more things in terms of what kong said that i think are interesting should we uh should we okay close yeah, yeah, yeah. go totally. for it bro why, why did we get down that path your funeral man <laughs> no they're, these are good no, so these kidding. are here's here's the po here's the positive so the question was what do you think differentiates uh phantom from other folks in the space and his answer was upgrades so like it was a long like these these three things are along the lines lines of the fvm which i thought was uh kind of cool so so basically he said what causes network congestion is the amount of input and outputs being processed by a node at a given time and that the problem is that the evm lowers throughput by 90 to 95 percent and that they are aggressively working with multiple team members on a transition to Pebble DB, which will be a fix to the throughput problem of the EVM potentially increasing throughput by like 30 or 40%. I, I don't, I think that's what the numbers were. Point is the upgrades that are coming to the network are going to drastically change how we are against the competition, which I thought was pretty freaking cool. So um, yeah. yeah. And so that was a good one. I will stop there. See if you guys have anything to say. Yay.
If I had Yay. confetti, I'd throw confetti up right now. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one was prunable network, which I thought was interesting. And again, like this goes back to our point earlier, all this stuff is tech focused, right? So hardware requirements are much more limited. You need 128 gigabytes of RAM to run a node on Solana, and you need okay. 8 to 16 to run a validator node on Phantom, uh, which is, a, I guess, a competitive difference. And I can't see you, so I don't know why you're laughing. I'm just going to keep going. And uh, my favorite one of all is Weekend at Bernie's. Professor Bernard Schultz has left the University of Sydney to work Dude, on the FVM full-time. Uh, and he's hired apparently three additional people to support him. And they're going to be focusing on register-based virtual machines, replacing stacked-based virtual machines. So fucking get ready. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> and uh, I actually thought that was pretty cool because I, I had waited for an update on uh, Professor Bernard uh, Scholes, and we just got one. So it sounds like he's Dude, like actually when, going full-time with the foundation. When I dream at night, man, I dream about things like I dream about like hang gliding over the Grand Canyon. I dream about eating pizza without getting fat. And I dream about register based <laughs> virtual machines versus That's stack it, based. Bro. I mean, nothing gets me more turned on <laughs> than stack based virtual machines, man. I'll tell you that you just you just blew the top of my head off, bro. Listen, That's bro. I just spent an hour listening to that thing, so you're gonna get what you get. So celebrate the fact that Professor Bernard is coming over. All right. <laughs> he he is a beast though dude if you like if you like actually look at this dude uh and and like all the what do you call him not citations but he's done a shit ton of articles if you like pull up his google profile like the dude is absolutely a real beast in in this particular space so that's a massive massive hire for them i think so and i hope we hear from him soon you know uh yeah. and decayed things i dream about peggings I don't know. Dude, that's nasty. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, I've... IRS developers, for hurting your feelings. Please forgive me. IRS. Oh, oh, dude, IRS. Crap, developers he's been going in. Dude, dude, dude. Speaking of hurting uh, feelings, if you go on Twitter and you want to like report a user and you say the user did some offensive shit, like it says, "I'm sorry, your feelings were hurt." Here's some resources for you to check out. No, <laughs> and it's no, like no, I'm no. just waiting for Elon to buy it and be like, "Hey, you little bitch, quit reporting people for pissing you off." You know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Anyhow, we got to get the hell out of here uh as i hope i see you in austin bro i would like to uh hang out again i hope i see a lot of the uh bite mason's crew there it'll be it'll be lovely i love you guys and the all right community yeah man all of you guys uh, we're kicking around i've been kicking around the idea with bo of having like a little party out there like we did in miami um maybe we'll do it i haven't decided yet but anyhow if anyone's going to be in austin hit up me and clay We'll definitely be there. Beavis will be off somewhere marrying his sister. 24 will probably have broken a leg by then and be too high on edibles. I'm the minister. Plane, but... I'm not marrying my sister. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. But uh, I, I, got, I got an extra ticket, bro, if you want to come down. Yo, yo, let me check yeah. the flights. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Well. Check the flights, man. All right. You know. We should get that out Wait, IRS developers, post apology. I did airdrop about like four thousand NFTs and spend a hundred Phantom on gas. Are we talking about the curse? The curse circuit. Oh my god, that's what he's talking about. So there was an airdrop. Just people wanted 
Was he mad about the circus? I don't know what's going on. Hey, y'all, let's get the hell out of here. I'm tired and I'm hungry. My name's Austin with FTM Alerts. With me, as always, Crypto Clay, $24, Justin Bebas, and Peppy. Catch y'all on the next live stream. Take care, everyone. Yeah.